0: So much had changed from the early church. Clergy, priests, and bishops were now part of an international organization with connections to every town and village in Europe. They spoke their own language, clergy, they they spoke their own language, and it served as the last remaining relic of what had been empire. Organized religion was that which still connected a divided world it was, a, it was a language that was spoken among them that was not understood by anybody but the clergy, but there was still at its core, there was a message of compassion and nonviolence. But because there was no room for participation in church worship services, people began to do things like if you couldn't participate in communion, people began to develop their own spiritual practices. Have you ever seen rosary beads? Roman Catholics will often use them, and, and uh, they are actually, they are not restricted to any particular branch of Christ church, but they were developed by people as a spiritual practice that was not part of general worship because that was just something common people could do. They could, they could do rosary beads. And there were stories and, the, and there were plays, there were plays all over Europe that would come into town that they would describe these stories. Some were from the Bible and some described the revolt and the fall of Lucifer which isn't actually in the Bible, but they they would still tell these stories. And to this day, most people assume that story is biblical. It became part of this religious backdrop of Europe. But there was this division. There was a division that had grown between what was sacred and what was secular. And that had not existed in Jesus' teachings
1: You know those who rule the Gentiles show off their authority over them, and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave, just as the human one didn't come to be served but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people.
0: So on one hand, religion offered education. It offered access to libraries that had largely disappeared with the fall of empire. And on the other hand, religion also discovered something, and it discovered that it actually now had the power of empire. Religion had a growing authority that it really didn't understand at first. And then in the year 1095, it was during the first week of March. Pope Urban II had called together a council in the city of Piacenza in, in northern Italy to deal with a power struggle that he was having with the, between the Church and Henry IV. And as they were having this meeting, a uh, church meeting to talk about how they were going to deal with this, an unexpected request arrived from the eastern half of Christianity, from the Church in Byzantium the Eastern Church was requesting that the Pope send a small army, maybe a few hundred knights, just a few hundred knights, to help them retake some cities that had been captured by the Turks. Pope Urban did something that first week in March that we are still living with the consequences of this week. So instead of simply complying, he realized that he could do something to demonstrate his strength, to Henry IV. Because he was going to call for an army, not just from Italy, but he was going to call for an army from the entirety of Europe. Something that no mere king could do. So, a call went out that this was an opportunity for everyone to go and fight infidels and go all the way to Jerusalem. Every priest throughout Europe, throughout this entire network of churches that they had, they put out the message that anyone who could join the crusade would be given two important things. One, you would be granted immediate eternal life in heaven when you died. And you got to keep whatever plunder you got along the way. The response was beyond what anybody expected. Not just knights, but tens of thousands of peasants, merchants. They left their jobs, left their homes, their families, and they just started walking. Walking east. With a division between the the clergy and nobility and the common people, what Pope Urban had discovered was that he had more authority than he ever knew they had discovered the power of organized religion.
1: Jesus said, This is my commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends.
0: How did it happen? How did a religion that claimed Jesus how did that religion go from inherently nonviolent to making killing a penitential act? How does that happen? Jesus wept and is weeping still as armies again gather at Jerusalem. How could a religion based on a nonviolent man who chose death over violence? How could that be perverted into making killing a holy act?
1: Jesus entered Capernaum. A centurion had a servant who was very important to him, but the servant was ill and about to die. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to Jesus to ask him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly pleaded with Jesus. He deserves to have you do this for him, they said. He loves our people, and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them. He had almost reached the house when the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't be bothered. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. In fact, I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. I'm also a man appointed under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and the servant does it. When Jesus heard these words, he was impressed with the centurion. He turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you, even in Israel... I haven't found faith like this. When the centurion's friends returned to his house, they found the servant restored to health.
0: The centurion was an officer in the occupying army, the, enemy, the, the army that would, had come into Israel and was holding it. How could a religion... <clears throat> based on the, the compassion one, it looked beyond the uniform, and it looked at the soul of a of a the humble soul of a centurion and healed the servant of, of the enemy occupying army. Somebody who served empire. How could such a religion that is based on looking past the uniforms and past all of the labels we attach to ourselves? How could that be perverted into something that would bless the blood of slaughtering anyone who looked or behaved differently? How does that happen? Power. Ego. Power and ego in the hands of those who are drunk on the wine of this world, who care not for the way of Jesus and they long for things to serve their ambition. What ensued in the years after Pope Urban's power play set the stage for a thousand years of conflict between Christians and Muslims. Terrorists launched rockets from mosques, knowing that the pictures of the retaliatory strike and the destruction of the mosque will fuel the fires of violence that were begun so long ago. Religion gets used as a tool by those who seek power to dominate. But Jesus knew. He knew that there would always be those who would use religion to mask their ambition for power.
1: Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds? Or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, you will know them by their fruit.
0: What are your fruits? Somebody looks at your life and says, What is is your reputation? What are you known for? What's the true answer? What are your fruits? When you look at people, at organizations even, how do you see the fruits of what they do? Do do they reflect the the values of Jesus' compassion and inclusivity, something we preach? Do they work for justice and mercy in our world? And violence? Can peace and friendship Those things, we greet each other in that spirit every week. Can they ever, ever be built at the end of a gun? You will know them by their fruit. This month, our Sunday school kids, they're doing lessons downstairs right now on fruits of the spirit. And it's our hope that from a young age, we help them recognize those in the world who can be trusted, and those who are vicious wolves. And they are going to need those lessons. They're going to need that wisdom in the future. We all, we all need that wisdom. Now, all over the planet right now, religion is beginning to decouple itself from empire, from national identity. Thank God. Because that with that comes the freedom to hold those who rule those with the authority, the high-ranking officials who show off their authority over people, it gives religion, it gives church the opportunity to measure that compared to the core values of Jesus. And church is also, we are given the responsibility to live up to those values ourselves. Is what we do are our, our fruits, what we put our energy and our time into, is it bearing good fruit in the world? And how could we do better? Last week, we celebrated our new relationship with the Good Faith Network. And we are working to, with them to eliminate homelessness and to provide affordable housing to those living here in Johnson County, which is totally Doable. We celebrate the fruit of our justice work to create a much needed 24-hour mental health clinic here in Johnson County. We are the only county in the top five populous counties in Kansas not to have a crisis center. Because of our work for justice, we're gonna get one next year. It matters. So my question to you is this, personally, are you gonna show up next May 7th? Are you gonna show up in that evening Just be present so that our officials will do the right thing. Because numbers matter. Can you be counted on? I loved last Sunday when I asked if we could fill twice as many Thanksgiving boxes for needy families because inflation's been tough. And I heard loud from this room, yes, we can. That's hopeful. We will again show the heart of Christ's church. We will take the lessons that the dark past has taught us and find new faith in a way that saves. It always has. And this is what religion can be, and it will be again. And I am glad to be walking that path of Christian love with you. Will you pray with me? Lord, from the lessons the dark past has taught us, we come to a new time and place. Awaken your spirit within each of us, within your church, rooted in the values of Jesus, so that we may lift every voice and sing.